You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellows on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. The Buffalo Bills squash the Chicago Bears 41-15 in the second preseason game for the Buffalo Bills in Chicago. I am your host, Nate. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. We have an excellent episode for you guys tonight. We are going to go over the Bills-Bears preseason game. We are going to go over some thoughts on the game. We have a special guest. We have Kyle Trimble from Banged Up Bills. He's a great guy to have general Bills knowledge, and also he's going to help us out with the injuries that accumulated on Saturday, which there were several. So he's going to talk with us about that. We're going to go over several things, including um, the new Buffalo Rumblings Pick'em League that we have going on. We're going to go over some of the prizes, what's available, if you enter, how you enter, all that fun stuff. And yeah, so I'm going to welcome in uh, Kyle Trimble, uh, lead editor and writer for bangedupbills.com and doctor of physical therapy. It's, It's good to have you on, Kyle. It's been too long. Yes, it, it has been a minute, but thanks for having me back and look forward to talking with you tonight. Yeah, this is going to be exciting. So so let's just start off automatically with the Bills-Bears game. Um, this, you know, we always have to have this sort of asterisk that goes with preseason games, right? Like you don't want to get too high. You don't want to get too low. Um, you know, you're just kind of trying to see a few things, see if you can pull anything from these games, which you really can't because, you know, the the defenses of the other team, the offense of the other team aren't really scheming up and, and the same on your side, but man, man, that was an ass whooping. That was, that was a, that was a beat down by the Buffalo Bills second teamers on offense and defense. They did have some of their first teamers in, but not that many. Uh, and the bills were up 35 to six by halftime uh, with Mitchell Trubisky, Mitchell Trubisky with the revenge game, against the Chicago bears. And, uh, you know, it's funny is like, I, I don't know if you play fantasy Kyle, but, uh, they always talk like, I listen to a bunch of podcasts. They're always like, Oh, this is a revenge game. A player got, you know, becomes a, a traded to another team or, or becomes a free agent signs with another team. Then they play their original team. And I'm always like, that's so stupid. Nobody tries any harder because they absolutely do. <laughs> and, uh, I think this was, uh, this was one of those games for Mitchell Trubisky. He looked, he looked really good. 
And uh, I mean, he, he was just surgical going down the field. It wasn't, you know, what we're used to with Josh Allen. Josh Allen was more of, you know, extending plays. And, you know, uh, I feel like he gets a lot more yards after catch from his receivers. But Mitchell was just, he was methodical. He was, he was on point. And I thought he had a, he had a really good game. What were your thoughts? I was really surprised at how well he was doing. I mean, he was drafted number two for a reason coming out in 2017 but it just never seemed like the Bears built around him enough. They gave him some pieces like uh, Allen Robinson. They traded for Cleo Mack on the other side of the ball. And they were giving him some stuff, but it just seemed like they never <clears throat> put the pieces of the puzzle together, um, except for that 2018 run, and then just never really built off of that, unlike what we've seen with the Bills do with Josh Allen. So we know the talent was there, and it's just interesting how you see you put him into a different offense, and he just goes up and down the field and just scores at will. Uh, we saw that with Ryan Tannehill when he went to the Titans, though. That might have been more the Adam Gase effect than anything. But still, what's important we got out of Saturday's game is that if Josh does go down, you know, knock on wood, they, that never does, we have a capable replacement that can have a similar level of play and produce uh, for hopefully short bursts of um, – elite play rather than hoping that is a game manager. So I was really impressed by everybody um, that you know, the, for the bills and then especially Trubisky, because he's trying to get a job next year. Everybody knows that. And if he can be a one, you know, one year gap uh, stop gap, I'm okay with that. Absolutely. You know, you brought up a great point about um, if Josh Allen does go down, which we hope never happens. Um, as long as it's short term, you feel a little bit more confident going into this. Now the bears aren't, you know, a perennial playoff team by any means at this point in their, in their franchise. But, um, you know, you, you look at like last season, I don't know about you, Kyle, but I was a little worried that if Josh Allen went down, I don't think Matt Barkley was really there to provide, you know, if it was a three or four game stretch, go 50-50, which is kind of what you want. Like go 500, you know, it, unless it was like elite defensive play, I don't think Matt Barkley could have done it. Not that we didn't like Mark, Matt Barkley. He's a very likable guy, and I'm sure he was great within the locker room. But when it comes down to it, when the bullets are flying, I'd rather have my backup quarterback be able to do what Mitch Trubisky did to the Bears' first-team defense. Absolutely. So on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, they were just making – so let me let me go through some of the drives that happened in the first half for the Chicago Bears. Okay, this is the offense. This is Andy Dalton, supposedly their starter. We'll see. I mean, Justin Fields didn't look terrible. We'll get into that. But um, this, is, this is the first – all of the drives that happened in the first half for the Chicago Bears. Punt, three plays, punt. Three plays, punt. Three plays, fumble. Three plays, punt, touchdown. That was that 73-yard touchdown bomb from Andy Dalton to um, Adams uh, over Saran Neal, which we'll talk to in a minute. And then the next the next one was turnover on downs by the Bears, and then the next one was the interception. That, those were all of the drives for the Chicago Bears offense. I mean, you're talking – I mean, the Bills just they, – they just looked dominant, minus one gaff. I think they looked – Amazing. I mean, what were your thoughts on that performance by the by the Bills defense? The fact that they were able to do all that stuff, they made that Bears offense sound like a mid 2010s uh, Bills offense where they were just always going three and out, three and out. It, occasionally you get something, but just never enough to string together. So um, it, it's just satisfying to see that either the offense of the Bears couldn't get going or the fact that the Bills defense could just be so dominating and do what it need to do to get 
the opposing offense off the field so that they can go back to work. And obviously every time that the defense did their job, the offense went out and scored. So the game got out of hand real quickly because each part did their part. And then that's what I was hoping. No one side of the ball was bailing out the other one like we have seen in years past. So uh, we know it's preseason, but still, it's good to see that they're capable of doing that. Yeah, it would be so amazing if Josh Allen and most of the offense returns and then all of a sudden this defense that was middling to maybe slightly below average, slightly above average at times last season returns to its 2019 form where they were a top five defense. I mean, you know, I I don't want to get ahead of myself as a Bills fan. I don't want to get too high on this, but uh, they looked apart so far. And I mean, what can you not say about Greg Rousseau, the Bills' rookie defensive end so far for the first two games. I mean, I I don't know about you. Heading into the draft, we're like, okay, this guy's a developmental project. We'll see where he fits in. Hopefully he gets some meaningful snaps this season, a la A.J. Epinesa last season. We'll see, though. We'll see if he's ready. He did take all of last season off. I mean, but at this point, you're looking at the guy like, man, like he's going to be pushing potentially a starter between Mario Addison and Jerry Hughes for a lot of meaningful reps. Like I could see, I mean, it, McDermott hates putting his rookies in at starting positions unless he has to. He loves seeing them behind veterans and having guys kind of what they say, cook, right? Like let him cook, right? Like let him. Mm-hmm. And, but you know, there's a point, like, I don't know if you remember Matt Milano's rookie year. Oh, like yes. he, was, he was behind <laughs> Ramon Humber, right? Ramon, the, the, the vet from uh, the 49ers. Mm-hmm. And after five or six games, he was playing so good. They're like, we just need to start him. Like he's just that good. Like I could see that happening like in Mario Addison's spot where like, he's just getting in on some passing downs. He's using his long frame. He's bending the edge. And all of a sudden, like, you know, in like six games, he has four sacks and Mario Addison maybe has one or two and gets most of the snaps. And you're just like, what are you doing? This guy needs to be in for the majority of snaps. Can you see that? Um, I can, as you're talking, I'm thinking though, you don't want to expose them too much because I don't want to say you don't put enough out on film. I mean, teams are going to see what Rousseau and other guys do, but my only fear of getting him out there too much is if you overwhelm him or if he gets flustered by guys, because there's going to be some elite tackles he goes against. He just will not be able to beat. So you don't want to get him out there and have him get all this confidence and, oh my God, I can't get beat. Especially since, you know, his freshman year at Miami, he had a broken ankle, so he missed most of that year. The sophomore year, he had that amazing season where he had, what, 15 and some odd sacks and then took off last year. So he comes to the NFL. You don't want him to have him do an awesome game, let's say, against, um, you know, the Jets. Makai Becton's been getting pantsed, I guess, left and right in camp. So you don't want to see him go destroy Becton. And then he gets up against uh, somebody with a little more talent, and he's like, wait, what's going on? So I think if you expose him more in those situational um, events and then throw him in a little bit more, maybe the second half of the game when you got the game locked up. That way you get him out there. Kind of what they did reverse with AJ Epinesa. So um, I definitely think it's going to get more play time than Epinesa, but I also don't think you need to throw him out there and have him be at every down defensive end like uh, Bruce Smith was just because it, let, let's, let's save them. They're in a rotation for a reason. Let's keep it that way. Yeah, I think that's the MO of the Bills coaching staff anyway. It's kind of going along with exactly what you said. They'll never give one defensive end 100% of the snaps, um, and they'll just, you know, rotate. I think I think maybe what if it starts like 80-20 versus like Addison versus Rousseau in the beginning, and then that, that gap kind of shortens as the season go on, and Rousseau plays well. Like you said, like they don't want him to get over 
too overconfident and they don't want him to get, you know, too overwhelmed where he gets buried once he, you know, that, that makes complete sense to me. I agree with you. And I think that, that, uh, that that's how Sean McDermott runs. Now, one thing that I was completely surprised about, and maybe it's just because of the news this week with Dion Dawkins and him coming back to practice and the, like the jolting words that he had describing his bout with COVID. Um, I was under the impression, you know, he'd missed so much of camp and he lost 15 pounds and he's in the hospital for four days, for God's sake, you know, like this was, this was a tough time for him and he's back on the field. He actually started two series for the Buffalo Bills on the offensive line, which I was extremely surprised about, but I was also very encouraged by that too, because that means at first, you know, when I heard the words earlier Monday or Tuesday or whatever it was, I was like, I wonder if he's going to make the beginning of the season. I mean, you lose that much weight and you know, that time, even though he's losing weight, you know, he's not working out in that two or three week period. So like, it's all muscle mass, you know, he's, he's, he's trying to get, he's going to have to get his aerobic, you know, cardio. I mean, you can speak to that point, um, Kyle, I'll let you speak to that. But I mean, how encouraging was it to see him take at least two series with the Buffalo Bills and, you know, uh, maybe a little bit more next week or, or whatever to, to be ready for the season to start on September 12th. It's very encouraging because he got off the COVID list uh, last week and I thought he would take more time to get up to speed. So we know he's not up to full speed yet. We saw that. Now we're recording on Sunday night. We saw it today during practice um, at in four o'clock that Mario Aston was helping Dawkins run wind sprints to help get himself back into shape. So he's, we know he's not there yet. But if you look at it, he played the two series, uh, I have to go back and look how many plays he played total there, but each play is almost like a little mini sprint, if you will, um, if if the average play lasts about three seconds. So he, I'm sure he's able to go out there, but I'm sure if he had kept on playing longer and longer, he would have been more gas, and that's where he really was saw mistakes happen or him just not be able to keep up with things. So it's good to get him back out there. Normally, I would say don't put him out there in the third preseason game, but he's going to need that to continue to build his reps back up, only even just for another few sets, and he's going to be working his tail off. Um, COVID, it's been just – it's been awful. You know, as a healthcare worker, it's been awful for the past 18 months. You know, we're going on now. And I've had enough people who have dealt with the post-COVID effects of, of this at deconditioning, the strengthening, just the lack of – you lose everything. And it, it's a real thing. And you heard Deion Dawkins say, you know, it kicked his butt. He really didn't think he was going to make it at times. So he's a professional athlete. He's incredibly young. So I, I can only imagine how he's feeling as he's trying to get back into shape there. Because, I mean, I deal with these people who are coming off of these, you know, older people and they're struggling as well. So I'm thinking now you have to go try to block 300-pound linemen or defensive ends that are trying to kill you and your quarterback. Um yeah, a lot of work ahead of you, but they have the training staff to get them back up to speed. He has the motor to get them back up to speed, and thankfully he has the time being you know another three weeks until week one where he really has to be ready. So a couple of questions um, as someone who deals with people that have suffered from this uh, this illness and, you know, getting people up to speed. I mean, first off, like, it's encouraging that he played two series. I mean, is there anything that would you think in your mind that would prevent him from starting the majority of snaps in week one at this point? I mean, does, does this outlook look really good because he came back this week? And I mean, you're thinking cardio wise, you know, weight wise, he get, he might not be where he was a few weeks ago, but he might be 80% of that way. And, and, you know, and he'll, he'll use the rest of the season as, you know, time to, to still make some more gains. 
Um, I'm definitely pleased to see that he's he's getting back up to speed with the two you know series that he was in there. Even though he, when he gets back to week one, he probably won't be close to 100, but he'll probably be close enough to where he can play most of the game, if not all of it. Uh, it it's just all about loading himself up and exposing him more to the aerobic demands of the um, position and of the game itself. So it just depends on how body, as quickly his body recovers. Um, it's amazing with COVID how that simple walk to the bathroom can get somebody so tired or, you know, getting out of bed or just those simple activities there for some of the older people. But with him, he's just going to be working his tail off um, as they know that his heart's okay. They've done the testing for it. So it's just a matter of just pushing himself to get back up and his body will adapt. I mean, thankfully he's as young as he is, he's going to adapt a little bit quicker than somebody a little bit older, but um, I'm sure they have a plan in place in case he can't go. Of course, there's always a plan in place if there is an injury. So I would treat this as like any other injury. Let's try to push him as much as he can. If he needs a break, we can try to figure out some other things and, you know, hopefully Steelers aren't good in week one. Um, I don't know that that's going to be a case with TJ Watt and Melvin Ingram, but you hope that he's going to be able to be up to speed. And if he's not, he's going to find a way to get those reps in there so he can protect Josh. And you mentioned how lucky Dion was that he's, you know, in, in great shape being a professional athlete. He's so young. The people that you're dealing with and helping, you know, uh, giving therapy to um, that have dealt with COVID, I mean, are these like – people that you know only have a few weeks or a few days or whatever of therapy or does it is it a case by case dependent on age or is it just like you you get the whole gamut of people uh dealing with it from you know from older to younger from long to short long term to short term or or i mean what have you seen out there um we're dealing with them a few times a week we are seeing mostly older people some middle-aged people um but mostly older people right now from in the setting i'm in and it just try to expose them more exercise, try to get the build up more and just understand when to take a break and when not, because um, recovering back from COVID similar approach I've seen to take it to just a heart failure or COPD. You almost have to work in short bursts of activity rather than trying to do something for long distance. So a lot of times people are, were independent prior to all this, and then they want to get back to do whatever they need to and wonder why they're getting so tired so quickly. So you have to constantly keep doing short bursts of activity and then build them up over time. And then that's how they get back there. So, um, you know, I, I expect the same thing with Dion, but obviously at a quicker pace than some of the people that I've dealt with um, in the past year. Yeah. See, this is one of the reasons I'm glad I have you on. <laughs> um, just, you know, besides all the, all the bills banter, I mean, this is, it's so good to have someone that actually knows what the hell they're talking to instead of me just guessing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, you know, what's interesting, uh, Kyle, and a separate, like my dad had this like virus uh, a few years ago and uh, he was out. Like it was, was like the worst. It was almost to the point where he was so dehydrated at one point, it was like life threatening. And he got into the hospital. He was, he was uh, bedridden for a couple of days. And my wife is a therapist. Now she's an occupational therapist, mm-hmm. not a physical therapist, but she was telling me, which I didn't know, like, Every day that you spend bedridden, you lose like a certain percentage of body muscle. Which Something is- along those lines. Yeah, I've, I've heard the thing. It's like for every day you spend beds, like two or three days to get back to recover. So I don't know what the percentage is. I haven't seen that, but there is that adage out there. And there is something to it, though. I have seen that and it's seen in practice. 
Yeah, because he needed, I mean, this is, my dad was never in amazing shape, but he was like working out every day, you know, the senior center, like that sort of thing, like the <laughs> VA, the VA hospital and like was doing, had this routine down and then he went through this. So like he had to do physical therapy after being four or five days in the hospital, just, just not doing what you normally do. I mean, that's, I, I had no idea. And this was like, this was, this was eye opening for me. So, um, so so we talked about Deion Dawkins. Um, some of the other things I noticed was, you know, Jake Kumro had some drops, to, you know, during the game. But, you know, he pulled off, had that touchdown, had another really good grab along the sidelines. I mean, you know, obviously a few gaffes. Some of those drops were kind of questionable. It was good coverage. Maybe Mitchell Trubisky could have put in a slightly better place, whatever. Um, this is the first time we actually saw him catch, you know, some passes in preseason action. What did you think uh, – of, of what you saw from him or anyone else on the receiving side of the ball. Uh, Kumro, he just keeps making a case to make the roster. Like when he was signed back after he was, you know, let go, he signed with Saints and came back. I was like, well, he's going to be another camp body. He might have a shot making it every once in a while. And then he just keeps on just, he's not allowing the bills to write him off. And it, it's awesome to see that. I mean, we understand he's never going to be the stuff on digs or, uh, we had last year John Brown, one of those elite wide receivers, but yeah, he's been a fan favorite, or he's going to be turning into a fan favorite, and that like he just is going to stick around and he's going to make a difference um, when you need that, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth option on the field. So it, it's awesome to see. I, I don't see how he doesn't make the roster unless an injury occurs, of course, but he's doing everything he needs to. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, they, Aaron Rodgers had something to say about that when he said he's second best receiver. I thought he was joking just for whatever reason, but there is something there. And maybe he's just like Trubisky earlier has found a sweet spot in an offense that can um, maximize his skills. Um, I don't think he's going to be here super long, but Hey, if he can help us win a Super Bowl, sign me up. Yeah, this is the deepest the Bills wide receiving core has been since Josh Allen's been a quarterback. I, I'm sure you remember the first season where he had Calvin Benjamin <laughs> as his wide receiver, number one, the same guy that would not, you know, do extra practice reps in like a preseason game or whatever, you know, throw the ball around. But uh, it's he's come so long in the Bills, you know, credit to Brandon Bean for putting all these guys ahead of him. Let's talk about, oh, real quick, did you see that clip where I retweeted it, where uh, Aaron Rodgers was talking at training camp about like this, this like low end depth chart tight end. And yes, I did see that. <laughs> <laughs> and for those that did see that, one of the, reporters was like oh wow he's like it sounds great he's like i can't see wait to see what buffalo does with him next year <laughs> so so let's talk about more options in the receiving core you're looking at isaiah mckenzie who had seven receptions on eight targets for 72 yards he had a decent game obviously you know being that option for mitchell trubisky um he's proving himself more of a wide receiver in that respect, which I'm sure they want to get him as many reps as they can in before the season, because he looks like he's going to be a roster spot or roster lock, not only for that side of the ball, but mainly also for the kick return punt return. He did have a really good punt return. He did have a muffed punt. What were your thoughts on Isaiah McKenzie against the bears? He did what he wanted to out there. I mean, the muffed punt was definitely the biggest glaring mistake he had, but that can happen. I don't want to say it can happen to anybody. Andre Robinson, I don't believe, ever had a muff punt during his time with the Bills, but he continues to like just do whatever he can to show that he needs to be around. I, I know that they had some confidence in him, and I know that he was looking to try to cash in possibly next year, though he wants to be a Buffalo. He said, pay me in candy or what have you. But I just know that he's trying to be 
the most well-rounded wide receiver because he knows like he's never going to be what Diggs or Beasley is. But if he can be on that next level and be that ultra dependable guy out in the field, um, he, he wants to be that there. Um, so I, I've been pleased with, with uh, McKenzie, even though he had the drop there. I, I got to ask you this though. Like, I mean, before we go into the Andre Smith hit on Justin Fields, uh, speaking of receiving options, people don't think about this. Uh, we've heard a lot about Dawson Knox just being the de facto tight end just because he is who he is. You know, he's the one that was drafted by the Bills. You know, you have Jacob Hollister, who's, you know, been like a fourth or fifth option for Russell Wilson, but has been, you know, very, you know, uh, has been one of those guys that he's been an end zone target for him. Um, he comes over to the Bills, former uh, former teammate of Josh Allen, and uh, he looked good on Saturday, you know, getting getting some looks. He was... Uh, what was he? I have it right here. Three for 53 on three targets. And, um, he didn't look bad, man. He caught everything that came his way. I wish I could say that for Dawson Knox every week. I know he's still working on that, but you know, this is potentially a year. Now people scoffed at this. I know Greg from cover one scoffed that there's no way that, you know, there's a possibility that Dawson Knox won't be the starter. I think that's probably true too, but, but Jacob Hollister hasn't, shut the door on that possibility not being that outcome, not being what we thought. What, what did you think? Did you, on the few plays that you saw of him? He was out there and he was making himself known as a, a good tight end option. I mean, we know Knox, the team has definitely put the resources and investment into him to make him tight end number one. But if he has a season like he did last year, where he's always injured, missed time, somebody else has to stop up and Hollis is saying, Hey, I can do this. Or is at least going to do his best to try to, uh, be available. So um, I think the competition in there is going to breed the better play, uh, regardless of who steps up. I want Knox to because he they they have more resources than them. But at the end of the day, if somebody can step up and do the job, get it done. Yeah, absolutely. Now we have to talk about the Andre Smith hit on Bears quarterback Justin Fields. And for those that didn't see that or didn't see that clip all over social media, um, basically he had a free shot right to Justin Fields. I mean, Andre Smith was completely unblocked, like a la like Arthur Motes to Brett Favre as a Viking, right? Like just and just took his helmet off, just crushed him. Um, it was flagged. It was called a dirty hit. Now I was watching it in an instant replay. I didn't see it live, but I've seen the clip a hundred different times. Um, I put a poll up on Twitter, but uh to me, just seeing it right off the bat, it looked illegal just based on like do I think it was a dirty hit? No, but like it looked illegal because he went helmet to helmet. People slowed it down. You kind of looked like he dropped it. Fields dropped his knees, so he kind of lowered his helmet level. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle, what did you think about that play? Did you think it was a dirty hit, or did you think it was just it was called correctly, or what? It definitely is a bang bang play in terms of like he got in there, and sometimes it's just how you get in there. I mean, I know that guys try to avoid hitting certain areas and whatnot, but sometimes just the height differential, the angle you go in, sometimes it's just inevitable. So it makes it wor- look worse than it really was. So obviously Fields is okay, and you know uh, Smith got flagged and whatnot there. But it, that's a hit of yesteryear. We, we enjoy that from an entertainment standpoint, but obviously we'll make sure the game's safe. But it's hard to avoid every type of those hits just because the bang-bang nature of football. It just mm-hmm. You just can't avoid it every single time. Exactly. And I put a t- poll up on Twitter with over a thousand votes and it said, was it a clean hit by Andre Smith on Justin Fields? 69%. Yes. 31%. No. 
Of course, this is a Buffalo Bills fan, you know, podcast Twitter mm-hmm. uh, poll. So I'm sure a lot of the people are feeling it, man. Like not for nothing. Like, you know, I try to be as objective as possible. If you're going to hit a guy and it hits his helmet, especially the other team's quarterback, you're going to get flagged every time, whether you think it, whether he wasn't trying to injure him or not, you just got to go lower. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just the way it is. It's just, um, they're going to call it. They have yep. to. Yep. So, so real quick, uh, the last thing I want to talk to before we get injuries, if we have time to talk injuries at all, was um, we mentioned Deion Dawkins earlier. Spencer Brown didn't look so bad this preseason game. And I retweeted this video that uh, Cover One threw up where um, it was him just burying Khalil Mack on a play, on a pass rush play. And I was like, man, I, I know he's raw. I know he's got a long ways to go. But I mean, if you can just show any piece of that, now and maybe you know grow from there which we are all hoping i mean this is this is a good start i'm hoping we don't rely on him week one but you know in the future it 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 makes you feel a little bit more confident in him what did you see that at all or do you have any thoughts on that i did see a clip from cover one um it's satisfying to know that he could take an all pro such as cleo mack and put him in his place though i think you can say that for most nfl players they can hold their own for a player two it's just the great ones find a way to get past them you know, uh, more often than not. So I'm sure it's a nice confidence booster for Spencer Brown, but I wouldn't, you know, rest on my laurels knowing that, okay, you stopped Cleo Mack. Like, okay, cool. He's going to beat you the next five times if you let him. So uh, learn from it and, and grow from that. But um, it, it's good to see that they're identifying talent in the later rounds and hopefully can develop into strong starters. Absolutely. Now I know uh, you got to get going and I really appreciate your time going in for any of this. Um, any of the major injuries that happened this weekend that really stuck out to you? I know there were several going between Harrison Phillips, Dane Jackson, Justin Zimmer, Cam Lewis. I mean, was there, what did you take away from that? Or any of, or do any of them worry you? Um, the Phillips one a little bit, cause they did announce that he's week to week and it's supposed to be something he's going to miss some time for. Uh, it looked like a contusion when he first hit, he had, did have one of the bears offensive linemen fall on him uh, while his knee was bent, which didn't help things at all. Um, I really Richard just thought of contusion. He got right back up, played a few more plays, and then got out. But then they're saying week to week now. Am I thinking, you know, is it a bone bruise, PCL sprain, uh, something with a patella? We don't know right now. Um, Ian Rappaport did say it was a minor knee injury. Now, he's talking to the source. Now, the source could be – they know what they're talking about when they when they talk with Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter. But I would think that if it was more of a major injury or something that was going to require surgery, they would highlight that in the reporting to that reporter, um, even if they were put it uh, subtle. Um, so it's concerning because he's been having a good camp. I want to see him make this team, but we'll also kind of watch and see how he responds at practice, and we'll get the videos and see what's going on. But it's too early to tell whether he's going to be ready week one. He could be a nice option if they want to move him to injured reserve because we have the three-week window instead of the eight-week window we used to have, uh, especially when they're talking about getting Justin Zimmer on the team or you know the extra you know offensive lineman, defensive lineman. So they could do some uh, roster gymnastics and use uh, Phillips as an option, especially if they think it's going to last you know three or four weeks. Um, and look at the other injuries. The other one that really concerned me was Marquez Stevenson. He had that awesome punt return touchdown, and then he went to the bench and was getting his right foot checked out. Um, I had found that he had injured the foot a little bit before that, uh, 11.48 in the third quarter. He got a ball dropped out to the um, near the out of bounds. Um, he got taken down. His right foot got twisted up underneath. Um, 
they did the x-rays, which was interesting because the team doesn't usually announce that stuff uh, from what I've seen historically. So the fact that they announced the x-rays were negative and that he was in a walking boot makes me think he had some type of midfoot sprain and they designated this as a foot injury. Um, and originally they had it as a foot ankle. Uh, so I think they need to wait for more tests, including an MRI to see where they're at with things. I have no idea what's going to happen with him because it's just too soon to tell. Um, when they got back, they got back late on you know Saturday night, Sunday morning. Um, MRI places usually aren't open up on weekends from what I've seen. So I'm sure they're waiting to see where the imaging's at and then what that's going to look like. So he could be another one that if it's not too bad, go on IR, um, free up a rush spot for somebody else, and then let the chips kind of fall where they may. So those are the two big ones I'm worried about. Um so a lot of people are worried about the Doyle and Brown. Um, both just look like they got their their knees hit. Uh, Brown got hit from behind. Doyle kind of took an extra step um, on the Jake Fromm sack in mid-third quarter. He did come back and had the knee taped up. So uh, Sean McDermott was real happy with, with their uh, injury news and didn't think they would miss too much time. And then everybody else was pretty routine. Dane Jackson had a stinger. Couldn't find exactly when he did it, but it seemed like it was late in the first quarter. And uh, he kind of just disappeared from the field of play. So we know these are going to happen, but that is a perfect example of why you don't play your starters in the preseason unless you're trying to look at something like we saw with Deion Dawkins or Ed Oliver or something else like that. So um, not that we want injuries to happen, but I'd rather have it happen to guys who are maybe fringe you know, roster players or you know, depth players over you know, our starters. And then you're looking at, well, the season's done before it started. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you mentioned Marquez Stevenson, like he's had a pretty good preseason thus far. He had that he had that really good reception to um, seal the game uh, against the Lions. He had that return punt you just mentioned. Um, between his injury and Isaiah Hodgins' injuries, like there's a possibility that I could see them because the wide receiving depth is so, you know, deep this year and they don't want to lose these guys because I could see them potentially getting picked up if they're healthy. Mm-hmm. Could you see them but trying to like, stash them on injured reserve also is that is that not even possible depending on the injury they have to make the roster and then they have to be put on injured reserve so with how Hodgins has been I don't think they have to worry about him because he hasn't done anything in the preseason from what I've seen but other than him being a draft pick but I'd be more about Stevenson especially since he has the ability to take the ball you know uh you know the punt return touchdown you know um returns a general there so um I think he would definitely be more of a worry and probably more justifiable to be on IR than Hodgins based off the type of injuries we're seeing. Okay. Okay, great. Well, you know, let everyone know, Kyle, where they can find all your great work online and they can they can follow you on, on anywhere on social media. Um, I'm at Banged Up Bills on Twitter. Um, I also do some work for the game day. Um, it's a sports bank website under my other uh, Twitter handle, Kyle Trimble 88. You can find my work over at Buffalo Rumblings. Uh, find some draft work over at Cover One. And then you can find a lot of the uh, day-to-day stuff over at bangedupbills.com. Um, I'm pretty easy to interact with uh, on the banged up bills tag a lot more than the other one. And um, just want to talk about injuries and try to get, give insight as to what's going on so that somebody can understand. Um, I know I'm not always right. I don't, I, of course I want to be right, but I know I'm not going to be right. But I think if somebody can understand what they're seeing and how to interpret it and then what's out in the reports, I think they're a better educated fan and then can uh, staff the cliff. You know, we, we've had some injuries that have led people to really wonder what's going on um, from a 
feeling helplessness. Uh, so mm-hmm. if I can say, hey, here's what's going on, here's what it could be, here's where they stand, then I think that helps kind of educate the fan and put them right for their minds so they can move forward and focus on the rest of the team instead of that one particular player. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd, I'd recommend, highly recommend all listeners follow you, Kyle, and check out your work on Buffalo Rumblings, obviously, like in bangedupbills.com. And one of the great things about having you as a knowledge base is that you've seen people with all of these injuries in some way, shape, or form, and you've treated hundreds, if not thousands of people that have been in and have had these injuries at some point. So you've seen the gamut of things. You know what to expect. You know what the, the window is, the recovery time. Like, you know, I mean, I, I know like I said, my wife being an occupational therapist, like how you have to bill insurance because you have to let them know mm-hmm. how long they're going to be in therapy for. And, you know, yeah. so, so this is, it's absolutely great to hear from you. I hope we do it again soon. Kyle, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me anytime. I bet you 20 bucks. I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. No, nope. five to one. No, nope. 10 to one. Thank you so much to Kyle Trimble of bangedupbills.com uh, for coming on and talking all those things to us. Uh, super useful information, not only on the injury side of things, uh, which is really what he's known for, but also I love to have him on because uh, not a lot of people take advantage of his Bills knowledge, uh, which he is he has a wealth of. So thank you to him for coming on. Um, a few things, announcements that we want to do as far as uh, for the the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network is that we are doing a pick'em league for Buffalo Rumblings podcast listeners and Buffalo Rumblings site readers. Now these are only people, and obviously, you know, if you if you uh, watch the YouTube channel, you're obviously welcome as well. This was something that Anthony Marino has always done, and he and I are collaborating together along with the other hosts of the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network um, as far as trying to get people involved into a pick'em league, which uh, which like I mentioned, we could have easily done over Twitter, Facebook, whatever, just like gotten a thousand people. We don't want to get a thousand people for this league. We want as many people as we can, obviously, but we want people that uh, listen to the podcast, people that are going to be part of this thing throughout the entire season. And uh, and so this is something that I've set up. It's on cbssports.com. There is going to be a link to this contest in the show notes on buffalorumblings.com. In anywhere that you listen to the podcast, you will find it. There will be a link for it. You go to that link, you sign up, you make a $5 donation or more, whatever you feel comfortable with, um, to join the league. We want you to have some skin in the game just so that you feel like you're going to be in week in or week out. And then also, uh, I mean, this is just for a great cause. It's the Cancer Society. Um, it's something that Anthony has a strong part of it, and, uh, and it's just a great cause. Obviously, cancer affects all of us um, in some way, shape, or form, and uh, it's, it's a great cause. So I've donated um, several prizes, and so has Anthony, and uh, they include um, a Red Zach Moss jersey, a blue Thurman Thomas jersey, a blue Harrison Phillips jersey, knock on wood, hope Harrison Phillips comes back soon, and then uh, an 8x10 signed photo of John Feliciano. All these items are signed, memorabilia. So if you win this Pick'em League, you will be able to have your pick of whatever piece of signed memorabilia you want. Um, and then obviously second place, third place, fourth place, and so on, get to choose from there. So you get uh, whatever the first place you know, winner doesn't want and so on and so forth. Either way, I mean, you're going to win. You're going to end up with something cool for only five bucks or maybe more depending on your donation. But the most important reason to join this Pick'em League 
is that if you win, you get to be on the Circling the Wagons podcast after the season is over. So you get to give all of your hot takes on Circling the Wagons. You get to tell us who your season-long wall of famer and wall of shamer are for the Buffalo Bills or in general. I mean, this is going to be a fun time. Um, It's not very often that um, any podcasts invite uh, listeners to be a part of it. And this is something that this was a, a cool way to to get you guys. I know that there are so many of you out there um, that want to be a part of this somehow in some way. Um, I'd like to think that it's because you just enjoy what you do, but probably because you think you can do it better than us, right? <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, I would love you to be a part of this show in some way, shape, or form. And I think this could be something that that uh, would be a good intro into that. And uh, and how how often would you like to reach you know so many you know hundreds or thousands of Bills fans or more um, to do that? Uh, and, it, and you know this is we want to say thank you for you know you guys listening and uh, and being a part of this podcast and and so like you know between the jerseys we're giving away we're also doing our circling the wagons podcast uh giveaway each week where we give away a signed piece of memorabilia um each week to a winner and if you're interested in how to join that as well just leave a five-star review for us on apple Podcasts somewhere mention ctw in the review the other thing i want you to do this season which is different than last seasons is i want you to mention another podcast within the podcast network because i know you guys are doing it for the free jersey and memorabilia signed helmets whatever i completely get that i would do the same thing i'm just like you guys but i would like you to also mention like i don't know maybe it is uh, Joe Miller's podcast. Maybe it's Believe. Maybe it's Jay Spencer King. Maybe it's Anthony Marino. Maybe it's Matt. Warren. Maybe it's one of, uh, you know, Bruce Exclusive. Uh, any of these podcasts that you listen to, uh, you know, Big Newton, Jamie D. Like, like there are great listens all across our platform, and I know that we kind of, you know, take most of the credit when it comes to reviews because you guys are trying to win stuff. But I need you to tell, let us know who else you like to listen to on the podcast network. We need to give them credit because they're doing an amazing job across all platforms each week, week in, week out. So that's for the Pick'em League. So if you're wondering how we're able to, um, you know, donate these jerseys for the Pick'em League, which you should join. If you're able to donate these other signed uh, mini helmets, uh, I have some, uh, photographs. I have some jerseys. I have some really cool stuff, guys, for the year-long thing. Like, like there may be a uh, several Hall of Famers uh, signed jerseys. Man, this is cool stuff. If you ever wonder how we can afford this stuff or, or give away, which by the way, no other podcast anywhere does, uh, anywhere else on the internet, at least as far as like Buffalo Bills goes. And I know because I listen to them all, they don't do this. Much less like a few a year. They don't do it every single week like we do. So if you want to be a part of that, we obviously want you to be a part of that. But if you're wondering how are we able to afford this hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of memorabilia, um, it's because I have a trust fund. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. I do do not have a trust fund. Um, I wish I did. Uh, Or maybe I don't wish I did. Maybe I would never understand hard work. Um, If You know know what? I don't even want to... I don't even want to criticize trust funds because we might have some trust fund kids listening to this podcast, and God forbid I ever alienate any of our listeners, <laughs> the the one or two that there are out there. Um, but no, it's it's actually the reason why we're able to do that is because of um, some great sponsorships that we have um, and some great things that we have going on for our podcast. Uh, first and foremost, we have um, the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Um, if you've ever been to 
um, the Del Lago uh, Resort and Casino. It is it is such a cool place. We're fortunate by the fact that we uh, we live kind of close to Waterloo because we're in Rochester, New York. So it's only like a half hour, forty five minute drive from where we are, and uh, it is so nice. I've only bet on games uh, two places in my entire life: um, Vegas and the Del Lago uh, Resort and Casino. And um, if you haven't been there, it is a really cool setup. There's a huge bar. There's probably like 20 huge screens with all the games going on, different angles. You have the Red Zone channel. I mean, it is it is a cool experience to go there, not only to watch the games, and obviously if you like going around to the tables playing craps or roulette or whatever you like, but also like the food's good there. Like they, you know, we've been treated there. It is an amazing venue. Um, we've recorded the podcast after there. Um, it is it is a cool place to be, man. And and it is there's a lot of Bills fans there, and it's so fun to experience that with other Bills fans. Um, I got to be honest, when Mike John, John and I go, my co-host during the season, uh, we definitely like the whole time we're going there. We're like, okay, what are the spreads in the games? What can we do? Um, and then we're like, we got to go to the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. We're going to put all these bets and we have like a running list. We're going to, and we're like the kind of guys that are just like, we're, we're sometimes dumb betters, right? Like w- <laughs> nothing like our eyes get way too big for our stomach and we will uh bet like four or five different parlays right at ones thinking oh yeah they're obviously all gonna hit and you know it has happened once so uh you know instead of winning five or ten bucks you win like 80 bucks or 100 bucks it's such it's such a fun time i'd highly recommend it um to all of you guys if you uh have been listening to the podcast for a while you'll remember that um at uh, the delago uh resort and casino we were able to interview bruce smith Hall of Famer, defensive end for the Buffalo Bills. It was such a fun time. You should search that now if you haven't searched it. Um, it was a good time to talk to him. We, I mean, it was just, it was a fun time in general. But um, to to sit across, stand across from um, Bruce Smith, who looks like he could still play. By the way, I mean, he's not maybe as jacked as he could, but the dude's in phenomenal shape um, for being in his fifties. It was a cool experience. The, the people over there are so friendly and so nice and so hospitable um, that we love the fact that they sponsor our podcast and are able to help us, you know, donate these items for uh, the podcast for you guys, which the listeners, which we appreciate the hell out of. And we hope that you enjoy uh, and take something away from every single conversation we do on a weekly basis. And by the way, I did ask them. I know COVID's happening. It's been happening the last couple of seasons. I said, hey, man, if you ever get another Bruce Smith, Cornelius Bennett, whoever it is, we would absolutely interview them again for the podcast for Buffalo Rumblings. And they said, you know what? You're going to be the first people we go to. We'll let you know as soon as that's, that happens or they're able to do it again. So I said, awesome. So thank you so much to the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Thank you to Addy over there. Thank you to Christy in the past and, uh, and Paige. So uh, those guys are great over there. Um, Appreciate working with them. T Public is the site that we use where we have uh, hundreds of Bills designs that go on T-shirts, hoodies, uh, tank tops, uh, coffee mugs, stickers. For some reason, kids—I shouldn't say kids—people love buying stickers. I thought stickers were a thing that I did as as a kid. Um, there are so many people that buy stickers from our T Public store, which I appreciate the heck out of. I just didn't realize stickers. We might have sold like, you know, two or three coffee mugs, but there's been like hundreds of stickers sold. 
uh, from our T Public site. So that's really cool uh, to see. Uh, we just had a sale going on for T Public. So if you go to tpublic.com/stores/ctwpod, that is a great way that we've been able to use as a, as a way to give away this awesome memorabilia to you guys. Um, there are hundreds of build designs. Like half of them are from us. Our amazing graphic designer Nick has done a great job. We have some new designs coming up for the Buffalo Bills season. I can't even, um, you know, give them away just a little bit because I'm worried somebody might steal them and run with them on their own and make a better one maybe. I don't know. So uh, you, you'll you have to check it out, tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. Um, it is absolutely blown up in the last year or so. I know a lot of that has to do with the Bills uh, doing well, but a lot of it has to do with the really cool designs that Nick has been putting out and that we've been putting together as a team and uh, really want to thank you guys all for, uh, you know, purchasing anything from that store. Uh, the great people over at Public, I told them what we do for the podcast. Uh, we're going to mention the store. And they're like, hey, like, we'll, give, we'll do a monthly giveaway for your listeners. And I said, uh, awesome. <laughs> so along with the signed memorabilia, we're also going to do a monthly giveaway for our Public store. Maybe we'll do a T-shirt. Maybe we'll do a tank top. Maybe we'll do um, a hoodie. I don't know. We're going to talk it over. So stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for supporting our Public site. Again, that's tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. It is the most hidden website on all the internet for Bill's stuff, and it's one of the coolest ones. And speaking of our last sponsor, now this is a cool venture that we did with uh, the people over at FOCO, is there's a site called FOCO. They have a ton of cool Bill's items. I mean, if you want to go for like Bill's hats and certain Bill's memorabilia, you go to like fanatics.com, right, or nflshop.com. Well, this has like all of the really cool um, accessories and stuff like that that you wouldn't necessarily go to that site for. Like, do they have hoodies? Do they have t-shirts? Absolutely. But do they also have like the Bill's Hawaiian shirts? Do they also have those cool like Sean McDermott, like, uh, you know, 360 degree hats that you wear in the summertime so you don't, you know, get sunburned? They have that too. Um, I bought a uh, a backpack cooler, a Bill's backpack cooler, and I carry that. I will carry that tailgating. I will carry that. Uh, we have children. I'll carry that everywhere. We take that camping with us <laughs> because it is an amazing thing to be able to carry with you. Uh, Mike and John, we got them hoodies from the Focus site. Um, there, I was, I was looking at a, a few different cool things. Like they had the Josh Allen bobblehead last year. They're bringing out these really cool quilted blankets this season. It looks like there's two or three different versions. And let's be honest, like before you know it, like in another couple months, like it's going to be cold. You're going to want a blanket, the stadium, you're going to want a blanket at home, watching the game or watching the highlights at night. Like it is a cool idea. I would ex- absolutely recommend you checking them out and seeing what they have to offer. I'm going to put the link in the show notes for that one. Cause that's like a super long URL, but it's Foco something, but the promo code to get 10% off everything on Foco is to use the promo code CTW as in circling the wagons. So CTW August 10. That's CTW August 10 for 10% off everything on the site. And yeah, so thank you for everyone for listening. Thank you for everyone. Thank you for Kyle again for coming on. Check out check out bangedupbills.com. Everything he does, super cool guy, very knowledgeable. And uh, thank you guys all for listening. Uh, join that Pick'em League uh, and check out our T Public store and our Focus site and enjoy the new Bills anthem by Dom Brown called A Bills City. And until next time, go Bills, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. Yeah. Buffalo, stand up. It's the mafia. 
Uh, it's a Bill City. Yeah, a Buffalo Bill City. Yo, uh, it's a Bill City. Yeah, a Buffalo Bill City. Yo, we got Josh Allen, got Step Digs, we got Cole. Deion Dawkins, cause you know it's about to snow. Mafia, you know we on a roll. No competition and it's not even close. Yeah, Ike McKenzie on a jet sweep, maybe it's a fake. Honestly, it's a TD either way. When you got Diggs and Bees and Gabe Davis, three-headed single Terry Moss Brader. Who gon' stop us? We the greatest. Forget Mahomes, forget Kelsey, forget Hill. Come and replay us, cause we ready. Sebastian like Boogie, yeah, we ready. Moving for Cody Four. Ready, kick they bucket like Ike. Yeah, we ready. Dawson Knox with a spike. Are you ready? Season tickets, I'm hype up the team. Ready, Buffalo. This is our team forever. Forever. We got Josh Allen, got Step Digs, we got Cole. Deion Dawkins, cause you know it's about to snow. Mafia, you know we on a roll. No competition and it's not even close. It's a Bill City. A Buffalo Bill City. It's a Bill City. It's a Bill City. Yeah. A Buffalo Bill City. Buffalo Bill City. Yeah. We got Josh Allen, got Step Digs, we got Cole. Deion Dawkins, cause you know it's about to snow. Mafia, you know we on a roll. No competition and it's not even close. It's a Bill City. It's a Bill City. Yeah. A Buffalo Bill City, Buffalo Bill City, yeah. What? It's a Bill City, it's a Bill City, yeah. A Buffalo Bill City, Buffalo Bill City, uh, yeah. Taron Johnson with a pick six, it's just too easy. Don't pass it to Treyway, please believe me. We got high right behind him and Poya free. Please don't run up the middle unless you wanna meet a star. Greg Russo can show you what he's about. Trey Edmonds and Matt Milano can't get around him. Our team is grounded over here. Sebastian like Boogie, yeah, we ready. Moving for Cody Four, we ready. Kick they bucket like Ike, yeah, we ready. Dawson Knox with a spike, are you ready? Season tickets, I'm hype up the team ready. Buffalo, this is our team forever. Forever. We got Josh Allen, got Step Digs, we got Cole. Deion Dawkins, cause you know it's about to snow. Mafia, you know we on a roll. No competition and it's not even close. It's a Bill yeah. City. Yeah. 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 A Buffalo Bill City. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs> Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking. From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. 